The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out Head on over to BubbleGenius.com And pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll Featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Excuse me, I'm talking. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. Mr. Zuckerberg, this is an administrative board hearing. You're being accused of intentionally breaching security, violating copyrights, violating individual privacy by creating the website www.facemash.com. You're also charged with being in violation of university policy on distribution of digitized images. Before we begin with our questioning, you're allowed to make a statement. Would you like to do so? I've, you know, I've already apologized in the Crimson to the ABHW, to Fuerza Latina, and to any women at Harvard who may have been insulted as I take it that they were. As for any charges stemming from the breach of security, I believe I deserve some recognition from this board. I'm sorry? Yes. I don't understand. Which part? You deserve recognition. I believe I pointed out some pretty gaping holes in your system. Excuse me, may I? Yes. Mr. Zuckerberg, I'm in charge of security for all computers on the Harvard network, and I can assure you of its sophistication. In fact, it was that level of sophistication that led us to you in less than four hours. Four hours. Yes, sir. That would be impressive, except if you had known what you were looking for, you would have seen it written on my dorm room window. Bob Seska! Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show! Excuse me, I'm talking. Oh, hi. It is uh, Thursday, March 20, no. 2018. Tuesday. Oh, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, my God. God damn it. I don't know what day it is. Says who? Uh, Tuesday. From our nation's capital, this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob, and we are brought to you by the best soap in the world. It's BubbleGenius.com. Hi. Hello. Hello, Bob. Uh, also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen at the Bowen Law Group. Dot com. Go there uh, right now. Get the best lawyer in the world, huh? Especially if uh, if you're under scrutiny by the uh, special counsel's office. Maybe Trump will hire <laughs> Charles Bowen at this point. You know what? We've got so much crap to cover today. Let's just dig right in and talk to uh, my friend Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. 
Hi, Bob. I'm uh, I'm from Cambridge Analytica, and uh, I'd just like to ask you a few questions, if you don't mind. <laughs> here's here's two dollars. Excuse me, I'm talking. <laughs> Good God! No, you know I'm surprised I caught you on the day of the week thing, uh, because I'm uh, probably as muddy headed, if not more so, than you. Well, that's usually the case, but we're but we both have this creeping crud, yeah. which we did not give each other since we are miles apart. But uh, somehow we're in that kind of simpatico where we we all get sick at the same time yeah and uh we're 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 charging through we're we're working our way through it and uh so you know we're gonna make little goofy things i've certainly made a number of mistakes this past week and been wrong about a couple of things uh because this has just become overwhelming yeah Uh, yeah. i I know i know you we've got a lot of stuff to get to i just want to say kind of uh, in summary before we begin this is not what i signed up for uh i (laughs) I was thinking, I, here's what I had in mind. Yeah. I thought maybe a, a bungled burglary with some tape over a door latch. I wasn't <laughs> expecting complex psychological data on 50 million people to be I part know. of the equation. Uh, this is just head spinning, and it really is becoming overwhelming, almost yeah. comprehensively unmanageable. Yeah, just so many things. And I'm just waiting, and I've said this before, and I, I think it bears repeating. I'm just waiting for someone to weaponize this, because that's the <laughs> next step, where someone weaponizes the, the fire hose of news, where it's just perpetually... <laughs> Haven't they already? I mean, it, <laughs> yes, it, certainly, right. it, it certainly feels that way. And there's a lot of weaponization of things going on. Uh, so why should that be any exception? Right. Well, of course, we're we're always dealing with the fire hose of news. And we're, we're playing injured, as you said. And uh, thanks to <laughs> thanks to Kimberly A. Johnson for my my version of the, the creeping goop, whatever, uh-huh. whatever's in my whatever's in my sinuses right now. And I will warn you, I'll end up sneezing at some point during the show today. <laughs> it's not I don't feel sick. I don't feel run down. I don't feel like I, I need to be bedridden. It's just my yeah. sinuses are filled with uh, indiscriminate amounts of goo right now, uh, as you as you were suffering from last Tuesday. But yeah, and actually, it hasn't so much been in my head as it's been uh, more of a ch- chest thing. It's been coughing and just uh, general weakness and malaise. Yeah. And and I don't need malaise right now because, as I said, I'm already overwhelmed by the events of the day. Right. I'm looking out my window right here at the first yeah. day of spring. And going, well, it never looked like that in Hawaii, did it? <laughs> so what, what the hell am I thinking? What am I doing here? Uh, but okay, so uh, as as we said, we're dealing with a fire hose of news. All of this right. Russian news is dropping in our laps right now, including all of this information from Cambridge Analytica. We're going to get to that in just one second. But in the midst of this... We have this CNN town hall that took place last night. CNN's doing what I think is a pretty good public service, which is to have these town halls with uh, uh, major national politicians showing up and talking to people. And I've seen some pretty good results coming out yeah, of that. Yeah, except for last night. Yeah. Except for last <laughs> night. And in fact, you know what? I mean, the first one that I saw was one that was on MSNBC with Chris Hayes, uh-huh. where, where actually, to, to give credit where credit is, is due, Bernie Sanders actually nailed a few things while talking to Trump supporters, and I was happy to see that. And I want to preface everything that I say here by suggesting that, you know, it's not Bernie's policies. I'm not opposed to what Bernie stands for as far as income inequality, as far as free college tuition, as far as single payer health care. We'll get there someday. And Mm -hmm. and those these are all things that I think are positive and things that I support. It's just it's just Bernie himself. Now, he was there last night with Michael Moore on mm-hmm. CNN and and Elizabeth Warren, who I still really like and admire. 
But yeah. Michael Moore and Bernie Sanders got to talking about uh, uh, the Russia story and Stormy Daniels, and it just infuriated me because... You know, Michael Moore said, these are all shiny keys to distract us. We should know about the West Virginia strike. What an inspiration it would be that would be a, a that would be around the country, he said here. God, we, we did know about it. It was on yeah. the news. Yeah. In fact, Rachel I mean, Maddow it was, covered it. Yeah. Widely celebrated. Uh, I, I, I get tired of seeing uh, and I see this uh, social media post. Why does the media never talk about? And this came up after the Uber thing. Why does the media never report on the number of car deaths there are in this country? <laughs> yeah. Well, we do every. I mean, at least every year, and sometimes more frequently than that. It, it, these are stories that are commonly available in the news. You can use Google and find them. Yeah. Don't tell me that this stuff doesn't get covered. Now, does it get as much coverage? Is are some of these things as complex? As Russia, I mean, I, I, I want to agree with you on this, and, and I do, that uh, Bernie Sanders and even Michael Moore have had important things to say. Yeah. But like a TV show that's become too in love with itself, they have jumped <laughs> the shark. Yeah, and yeah. they are now they're now practically parodies of themselves and and it is it is dangerous they have righteous causes they really do and we yeah. agree with those causes and we support those causes and we want to have those conversations but as as i think the conversation is evolving about this what we're learning is that these things that they hope for cannot be accomplished Unless power is wrested away from the Republicans who oppose all of these things. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? We're never going to have income equality. We're never going to have single payer. We're never going to have free college tuition. We're never going to have the entire slate of the Bernie Sanders agenda unless we have secured elections. That's the main thing. And I'm talking mm -hmm. about not just Russia, but we're mm -hmm. talking about voter suppression of all kinds, voter ID. Uh, democracy. Yeah, democracy. Just, basically <laughs> boiled down. Yeah, democracy. Jobs, exactly. Of course, jobs are important. Of course, healthcare is important. Yeah. These are among our most important gun safety. These are all our our most important, most pressing issues. Indeed, we cannot address any of them unless we save first the country. Yeah, exactly. Here, uh, Michael Moore also said, Bernie, I didn't see hardly anything in the corporate media about this on any of the networks about West Virginia is talking about. Right. Even though it was on Rachel, Rachel Maddow has done uh, at least a couple of segments on this. The nightly news, uh, I believe it was in the newspapers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's more to this quote. I want to get back to that. But I want to say, the mistake that's often made is equating cable news with the news media in general. And there is far more about the news media in the United States than just cable news. At any given time, maybe a million people at the very most are watching the most popular shows on cable news. Other than that, everyone else is getting their news from the internet. Everyone's getting their news from uh, local newspapers. Everyone's getting their news from legitimate news sources like uh, the Washington Post and New York Times, etc., yeah. etc. I mean, cable news seems to be the, the lightning rod because it's where all the action takes place, where all the, mm -hmm. the people show up, all the politicians politicians and, and the, the pundits all get together and they scream at each other for a while and that gets all the attention and that gets all the focus but it's not just about cable news okay so back to what i think M michael moore's making that mistake but nevertheless here's what he uh, said to continue here i didn't hardly see anything in the corporate media about this on any of the networks even some of the networks that we watch were you know russia turn the channel russia 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 the Oscar-winning director said, 
I'm not saying that's not important. And then Sanders jumps in. And don't forget Stormy Daniels. Excuse me. I'm talking. Excuse me. I'm talking. <laughs> These are all shiny keys and the original uh, quote that I said here. But I mean, even the Stormy Daniels story is is important. And I'll tell you why. It's not just about dick pics and porn stars and fake boobs and all of it. It's about the integrity of the executive branch of government, whether or not the president is susceptible to blackmail. And yeah. And technically about uh, uh, what is it apparently an illegal campaign contribution. (laughs) Yeah. As far as that goes, too. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. From a criminal standpoint. Exactly. Where did that come from? This speaks to the integrity of our democratic process. And I don't Mm -hmm. know how this could possibly be less important than whatever Michael Moore's agenda happens to be. And uh, it just seems to me as if downplaying the Russia story and making it seem like it's nothing but a distraction, putting it on the same level as a porn star story. Seems like a major, major mistake playing directly into Trump's hands. And I can absolutely see Donald Trump tweeting about this at some point. Even the oh, Democrats, sure. Michael, even Michael Moore says this is all a, a witch hunt and a distraction and no collusion, right. by the way. And, and this is where uh, Bernie and, and Michael Moore have become so consumed with themselves yeah. and their own images and what they believe their purposes are. Uh, they've become so righteous about their righteous cause that uh, they're not seeing the big picture and mm. are in fact doing damage which i think is w- where is why steam was coming out of your ears today <laughs> yeah. because because you saw the damage they were doing in terms of dividing the party uh, the group of people who can defeat the republicans who are the root of those precise problems of poverty and income uh, inequality or unfairness i prefer to equality uh in income fairness these are uh, vital causes but they're not going to get fixed as long as we divide ourselves mm-hmm. between bernie supporters and and the rest of the democratic party uh that that's not helping that's hurting us and can lead to another or more Donald Trump. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get some blowback on this one, too. But uh, my friend, uh, a conservative on uh, Twitter, actually, uh, Tom Mm -hmm. Nichols from the Naval War College, also the author of one of the best books to come out of the past year or so, The the Death of Expertise, which I think Mm -hmm. is uh, worth reading. You know, he's not he's not the normal doctrinaire uh, Republican conservative. But, you know, he said something the other day on Twitter that I thought was really important to know and really important, a a bit of information as far as prioritizing where Mm -hmm. we should all be at this point. He said the two things that we should all be focused on right now are the Mueller investigation, number one, and number two, the Democrats winning back Congress. Everything else is just screaming. These two aspects of this current year, this current time, this current period of time that we're in right now couldn't be more important. And to say, you know what, they're just it's just all the shiny dangly you know it's like this, this that scene with the homer simpson seeing the little dog with the poofy tail oh come here poof come here poof and it's just like it's not that it's not we're not experiencing homer simpson right now for once a solid majority of the american public is focused on the right thing at the right time and that right. is this russia investigation and where it yeah. goes now the news media is not without blame in this in that they have been dangling shiny objects for quite some time yeah. not in an attempt to deceive but in an attempt to to draw viewers yeah. because they know viewers like shiny objects and 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 they've exploited that in a competition for ratings that 
at one time did not exist in television news. They used to yep. be uh, nonprofit arms of commercial networks that were uh, in no way influenced by the management of those networks. They were given a sizable budget and left alone to spend it as they saw fit. And at the time, yep. they were run exclusively exclusively by journalists without the aid of, of uh, consultants, without the aid of program directors, without the aid of people uh, just saying, tweak this and tweak that. It would be better if the anchor stood. It'll be better if the anchor sits. <laughs> it, if, if it doesn't have pictures, we don't do the story. When those sorts of things began to happen, then uh, TV uh, journalism, for example, uh, began to hurt its own credibility. And uh, TV, of course, uh, killed the newspaper star. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, now the internet's doing the same thing to both. Now- right, except <laughs> although I, I will say I, I have come to love my internet newspaper subscriptions. Yeah. Uh, the Washington Post, the New, New York, York Times, Times, The Guardian, and whatever else I can access without paying for it. I, I haven't, I'm, I'm on the fence on the Wall Street <laughs> Journal yeah, me too. because some days they're right and other days they piss me off and I'm not paying for that. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> I, I want to subscribe to the Wall Street Journal too because they have that paywall that's so frustrating. In fact, their right. paywall is even more frustrating than New York Times paywall. <laughs> but, you know, it's that editorial page, man, that I just can't, I can't get beyond the, the Wall Street Journal's editorial page. I mean, I wish the editorial page would start reading their actual news because they're, they're too oh similar. no no shh, shh you don't want them to know <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true <laughs> the, 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 our best kept secret right is that the wall street journal is actually doing some really great reporting on <laughs> yeah. and especially russia and like like you i'm right there on the fence about that publication but we'll see <laughs> right we'll right. see but so, hey, there are good ones out there and newspapers live if not on our doorsteps certainly on our desktops yeah. and and uh and on our phones and i I really have uh, become, you know, greatly reliant on those sources yep. and have found them to be mostly reliable, except for possibly the New York Times that led me astray last week. But otherwise, <laughs> uh, uh, otherwise, I think they're doing a really good job. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you're getting a lot of your news from cable news, and I, I do also underscore that, uh, as always, this is something that I keep repeating over and over again, but it bears repeating, which is that Rachel Maddow is a national treasure. Ma- Rachel Maddow <laughs> is, is accepted from everything that I say about. Uh, but uh, about cable news. But if you're oh, getting yeah. your if you're getting your news exclusively through cable news, no wonder you're seeing a fucked up landscape of the world. I mean, that, that's right. that's where things uh, that's where news stories mostly go to die. They don't. And even and even the nightly news is not giving yeah. uh, some of the stuff the depth that it needs to. I, I get angry at the omissions that I hear yeah. in a nightly newscast in favor of some heartwarming feature story later in the news. Now, I think it's important that we see the good works of people, and so uh, there is definitely a place for that, and it's a good way to leave the audience with a good taste in its mouth. But they waste so much time promoting, and everybody knows this, the stories that are coming up. uh, As many times as they tease a story, it often adds up to more screen time than the story itself. Mm. Uh, It's just just gotten ridiculous. It's a ridiculous waste of time when... uh, television journalism could be sharing with us so much more information oh no doubt no doubt well let's uh let's get some uh let's get some catch-up done here let's catch up sure, with yes. some of the things that have happened over the, the past few days leading up to what i think is going to be this the, i mean i've got a huge bucket of show here filled with russian news <laughs> yeah, so yeah. let's uh let's let's lead Please. up to that first we've got uh, andrew mccabe was fired uh on friday and, and and donald trump's behavior in the wake of that was even worse than the firing of, of a guy 48 hours before his full 
pension kicks in. Trump's uh, tweets, his series of tweets, not only about McCabe and about Robert Mueller, just, I mean, uh, I'm not uh, breaking any news here, but (laughs) just to reiterate, good God, this fucker, this loathsome, vindictive little man, this impotent little man. Uh, But I mean, the upside of all of this, his reaction on Twitter, his reaction uh, publicly Mm -hmm. uh, to, to the press and so on, Again, goes back to the same thing that I've been saying like uh, over and over again, that same refrain. Trump mm-hmm. always makes things worse for Trump. And, of course, his reaction to uh, to McCabe and, and his subsequent tweets about Robert Mueller, more evidence of obstruction of justice, more evidence of his guilt. And it's right. just well, so it's because it's Yes, and it's because he's stupid, as we know. <laughs> stupid, and, yeah. uh, well, it is. And, and yeah. uh, the, you know, it's just it's hard to believe that, that he, he's done such a thing, but he's been looking forward to this uh he's been teasing himself about this for 90 days yeah for three months he's been looking forward to a last minute firing mm-hmm. of andrew mccabe yep and and he's now got the glee of a schoolyard bully for having pulled off that stunt and that's what this was it was a stunt and obviously to discredit uh, mccabe to further discredit the fbi and for that matter, the Mueller investigation for which McCabe is another witness. And this now what I, I think uh, we saw this on Rachel last night, uh, three, uh, the three uh, witnesses from within uh, the FBI and the Justice Department who could corroborate James Comey's accounts of his conversations with Trump. Oh, yeah. uh, they have all now been eliminated. Yep. Uh, one of them transferred to an obscure job. Uh, the rest of them, uh, the other two out of government entirely, at least for now. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, if this, if that isn't obvious, is if that doesn't make <laughs> it, if say. that doesn't make it as obvious as Trump's tweets, uh, I don't know that, that anything ever will. Yeah, I know. But Captain Obvious is about to become my new nickname for Donald Trump instead of Biff Tannen. It's <laughs> Captain, oh, Captain Obvious we, makes everything we, obvious. We've had a little breaking news from the New York Times in the past, uh, just since we started the show. Oh no. And that is that President Trump uh, called Vladimir Putin. To congratulate him for his re-election victory days after the White House imposed those sanctions on Russia. So he, the White House, uh, the, the U.S. government hit the Russia with the sanctions, and then Trump called to congratulate Putin on his great victory. Yeah, not a word, not a word about the Internet Research Agency, not a word about the sanctions, not a word about Cambridge Analytica. Of course, of course he's not going to say anything about that. Uh, and, and, and not a word about the fact that Vladimir Putin obviously used his power to assassinate or to attempt at least to assassinate his enemies, to imprison his enemies, which he has done in this election in particular. We all remember that that opponent of Vladimir Putin turning up with that green dye (laughs) all over his face. Yes, yeah. And this is a great legitimate victory for Vladimir Putin, according to uh, Donald Trump, right? (laughs) That that, that, that all makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Well, one one worthy of congratulations, obviously. Uh, uh, You know, it's just it's it's dumbfounding. Uh, but uh, this is a man, uh, Trump, who's obsessed now with the Russia investigation. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't before, and, and perhaps he has been for some time, but uh, he cannot contain himself now. He tweeted <laughs> nine successive times oh, over the geez. weekend about either McCabe or the Russia investigation. And he tweeted about nothing else except for one uh, meme that he put up wishing everyone a happy St. Patrick's Day. If you if you. <laughs> Skip that meme. He he tweeted nine times in a row about nothing but McCabe and the Russia investigation. I, I've seen a report that said uh, White House aides 
ushered Trump out onto a golf course on Sunday <laughs> just to get him off Twitter for yeah. a while. Monday morning, he was back on again. See, I thought, I thought like any great supervillain that Donald Trump would have some sort of hydraulic-powered ejector seat that would launch him like, <laughs> like his staff could come running up and say, okay, he's going to go batshit on Twitter again. Let's hit the ejector seat button. Boing! And there he goes. And then he lands in uh, Bedminster or Mar-a-Lago or in Stirling, <laughs> Sterling, Virginia, as he, as he went on, uh, on Sunday. But here's the thing here. Uh, Trump is now riding without training wheels. He seems yes. to think that now's the time that he's figured out how to do this presidential thing. That He's figured right. out how to be president. And now he feels like he doesn't need any advice. He doesn't need any <laughs> experts. He doesn't need any advisors. He can just do whatever the hell he wants to do. And, you know, I tweeted this the other day. I, you know, I really wish that we were out of danger so I could really, really savor this. Because if you take out the, oh, we're all fucked aspect of the Donald Trump presidency, right? this would be the most amazing and fun story to cover. Just because Donald Trump thinks he's sprinting. Donald Trump thinks he's cruising along now. But what he's actually doing, he's circling the toilet bowl. He's just yeah. going around and around, closer and closer to that drain. And that, and he doesn't see it. He and doesn't get it. Taunting the man who has his handle on the fl- on uh, his hand on the flush handle. <laughs> He's taunting the man who can, you know, bring an end right. to it all. Yep, yep. That's exactly that's exactly what he's doing. He's in greater jeopardy than ever. But but he feels like he's on top of the world, and it's just yeah. oh yeah. Oh my well, God! It, I wish it, I could savor this. It's it's about and if this is true, if it is true, we don't know if it is or not. But we hear from inside the White House that Trump is champing at the bit to sit down and talk with Robert Mueller. Of course, Trump's lawyers are yeah. terrified at this prospect because sure. they know what to do. But it, again, it goes to your point that Trump has complete and total confidence in himself, which uh, is honestly, and, and as any uh, detective will tell you, is the best way to catch a crook. And yeah. yes, this is an incredible story. This has been an, uh, an incredible international spy story from the very beginning, and it gets deeper and deeper. I, I have to reiterate this story has become overwhelming to me. Yeah. I, I I stand back, I try to step back and look at the magnitude of this thing now mm. and how, how far it spreads, uh, how C- Cambridge Analytica played a role in selecting Vice uh, President Mike Pence. Yeah. Uh, Pence as... as uh, uh, Trump's pr- vice presidential candidate. Right. Uh, uh, we see that they have worked for Russia. They have worked for Trump. They have worked for Facebook. Uh, they Ted have worked Cruz. For the, they, Ted Cruz. They've worked for the National Rifle Association. Oh, the way all of this stuff is tying together will make your head explode. Yeah. I can't, like I said, it's, you cannot stand back far enough to see the whole picture. Yeah. It's, it's, it, this is, this is Watergate times a bazillion. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And in fact, when it first broke back in, uh, what it was it, July, end of July 2016, I said to Chez on this show, I said, you know what? We're really only seeing the tip of this iceberg. And there is a Not massive even. iceberg under the surface of the water. And this yeah. Cambridge Analytica story revealed a huge chunk of the iceberg and how utterly complex and, and twisted big. and subversive mm-hmm. this whole thing is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling from so many different 
different levels because it involves so many different uh, politicians, so many, so much uh, intrigue, so much uh, scandal. It involves all of Facebook, basically. Mark Zuckerberg is now being summoned to England uh, to testify about this, to testify about Facebook's involvement of this, because it turns out Facebook is even more of a centerpiece than we ever thought before. I mean, we initially thought, mm-hmm. oh, wow, all these ads they bought, the, what and, was it, millions of dollars worth of ads right. they purchased? And right. uh, and that's only one, one small aspect of this attack. And, and and Facebook uh, looking more and more complicit by the hour uh, in this, uh, the the lack of transparency uh, and, and the fact that uh, and I and I believe uh, the, I, I've forgotten the source of the report, but uh, there were uh, a number of Facebook employees, at least two embedded in the Trump campaign. There were a dozen employees of Facebook, Google Microsoft and uh, one other that I'm forgetting who had employees uh, embedded in the Trump campaign. Uh, Cambridge Analytica had a dozen additional people embedded in uh, the campaign. The way all of this ties together, uh, Cambridge Analytica also, we now know, uh, tied to Paul Manafort. Yeah. Oh, uh, my God, this web is dizzying. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, we're about to get more. More is about to drop. In fact, yes. it might be dropping at any second now. I don't know what time it is in uh, London right now. Uh, evening. It's about 6.30 p.m. as you and I record this conversation. Yes. So at 7 o'clock, Greenwich Mean mm-hmm. Time, uh, uh-huh. both on, on Channel 4 and at, uh, uh-huh. oh, both on 4 and at channel4.com slash news. So on Channel 4 Ooh. and on their website. Further uh-huh. revelations from our undercover investigation into Cambridge Analytica uncovered <sighs> as we focus on the work they did on the Trump campaign. Uh-huh. D- did they win it for Trump? And if so, how? Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I believe I've already heard a tape uh, of, of a, a Cambridge executive, yep. if not the CEO, then the other guy saying <laughs> uh, we, we won the election for Trump. So yep. they're certainly uh, they certainly have taken credit for that victory. And uh, I guess we'll hear the details of that this evening. Yeah. And some more of the tape that I heard was uh, I believe it was Alexander Nix, the CEO of Cambridge, Cambridge Analytica, saying the candidate is the puppet. So basically that the the staffers who have been uh, linked up with Cambridge Analytica are just advising someone like, say, Donald Trump in terms of what mm. to say publicly and what decisions to make based on the data coming in from Cambridge Analytica. So basically, uh, Donald Trump is the puppet. Wrong. Now, how this links to Russia, you know, there are some some tangential links some some strange links to places like look oil and so on what was that that was a fun ringtone uh, yeah we're having severe weather in the area oh, that was okay. a, a little alarm ringy dingy ringy dingy hurricane coming it's, it's some sounds so pleasant there's nothing uh <laughs> nothing dire it doesn't sound like an emergency alert to me but that's it's so a cute. friendly it's a friendly thunderstorm <laughs> i apologize for the interruption <laughs> florida is so friendly uh th- so even though this doesn't have these huge links to the Russia attack. What mm. this says is that the Donald Trump campaign was trying really hard to scam this election. They were uh, pulling out all the stops using whatever tools that they get their hands on. The Mercers, obviously, funding Cambridge Analytica, and uh, not only for uh, in the name of uh, the the Ted Cruz campaign. 
during uh-huh. the primaries, but then also the Donald Trump campaign, especially when Steve Bannon came on and run, wanted to run these psychological operations, these psyops. Right, right. and the Mercer family funded all of this, Breitbart, uh, Bannon's exploits, uh, and, and yeah. of course uh, hired Cambridge Analytica, paid them $6 million to work for the Trump campaign. Uh, and and the, the, the actually, the, to the puppet point... <laughs> And again, my apologies. I love that that so much. I think that means take cover, run for your lives. Um, It sounds like the little little train arrives at uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. That's what it's... I just checked the screen. The good news is it's not an incoming missile. Oh, good, good. So we have that going for us. Uh, To to the point about being a puppet, and no, I haven't forgotten this point. Uh, To that point, Cambridge Analytica invented the phrases drain the swamp, yeah. And deep state, uh, a year or two before Trump started using them, certainly they had developed them a year before Trump announced his candidacy. Yeah, as far back as 2014, they're right. saying. So if there's any doubt about the connection between Cambridge Analytica and the Trump campaign, there's an answer right there. So where Facebook comes in is it looks like they developed an app where it's one of those things that we see on Facebook all the time. Test your your knowledge. What, what's your life like? What's your personality like? What You punch in all of your information. You go to this mm-hmm. app and fill it all out, and they come back with a result, and you post your result on your Facebook page. Well, they did something kind of like that to yeah. gather people's information and then to dig down even further and illegally to harvest everybody's personal information, including all of their friends. So you may have con- conceded to doing this. You may have voluntarily gone in right. and and, uh, and given handed over all of your information to something that you thought was just a fun meme, uh, and then that gets harvested. But then they also take all of your other information, including your friends who never consented to have their information harvested by Cambridge Analytica. So they take all this stuff and they, they compress it through an algorithm and they figure out uh, where to target who to go after with propaganda well it worked yeah 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 it worked for every uh person uh, who took part in this cambridge survey and it was uh to some degree posed as a university survey because it it was conducted by a professor who teaches both at cambridge and also conveniently in russia Um, (laughs) so but but it it was done and so a lot of people were under the impression they were doing university studies some of them were paid uh two to five bucks but for each person the Cambridge Analytica landed, they got 160 other people on average. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got to 50 million Facebook users. 50 million. The data right. was collected through an app called This Is Your Digital Life, built by right. academic Alexander Kogan, separately from his work at Cambridge, uh, Cambridge University, that is. Right. Through, through his company, thousands of users were paid to take personality tests and agreed that their data collected for would be used for academic uh, usage. However, the app also collected the information from the test takers' Facebook friends, leading to the accumulation of a data pool tens of millions strong. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other dimension to all of this that's separate from this Guardian piece. It's this Channel 4 piece that caught Alexander Nix, and we're going to see part two or whatever it is, part three or four of it tonight, where they describe gathering compromat on politicians. And now that's oh, the sure. interesting aspect of all of this, because we remember that Steve, who was it? Uh, 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 Paul Manafort was the one who mm-hmm. brought Mike Pence to the table, and Paul Manafort was also... Uh, the guy who introduced Cambridge Analytica to the Trump campaign, so that's that's all deeply suspicious, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, and it's it's fun to see Mike Pence's name come up uh, again. Yeah. 
I have to tell you, I have a piece of paper sitting on my desk, and I have a number of uh, bookmarks uh, on on the desktop of my computer that are all about Vice President Mike Pence. And interesting, uh, I I started collecting these. Oh God, I don't know, maybe a year ago. I, I, uh, it's it's interesting to hear his name come up in this again. Uh, I think I, I keep seeing people, especially on social media, say, oh, yeah, but if we get rid of Trump, then we got Pence. And I keep telling them, well, yeah, not necessarily. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think he 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 may be going as well mm-hmm. in all this. And that's why, as I said, it's kind of fun to hear his name come up again. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing about Mike Pence, it's just it's so baffling. And, and I'm I'm waiting like you until they really make some sort of direct link with Mike Pence and all of this. Because I've always known that Mike Pence was a very obvious politician. His his political mm-hmm. persona, his public persona, is very rehearsed, very mm-hmm. practiced, very almost like... If Too you controlled, were, machine-like, scary. Machine-like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Machine-like. In fact, we used to call him the Pence bot on the show. This is before <laughs> right, the uh, right. before he was nominated to be vice president. And, and so all of that indicates to me that he's someone who's very aware of how he presents himself in public. But I've never seen Mike Pence the way he is around Trump, where he just has that up your up Trump's ass look on his face, Uh where he's just the fealty of of Mike Pence to Donald Trump is staggering to observe. And it and it, it leads me to think that there's something more to it. His- yeah, I think I think in order to uh, have that sort of obedience and discipline, uh, you you have to be an S and M. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I think you know that's I think we know now, and you can kind of almost see him in the leathers, well, with the white hair and everything. You know? Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. I mean, his effusiveness in, like, even when he's not talking, the way he <laughs> looks at at Trump, the, most mm-hmm. of the time, the back of Trump's head, mm-hmm. as as if the back of Trump's head just looks like a breast. You know, he's just like, <laughs> oh, would you look at that? Just with that little shit eating grin on his face, right. and just never doing anything that's out of the line. Never colors out of the lines. This guy. a lot, uh, yeah. But a lot of us know, you know, part of that is. Uh, kissing up to trump but the other part of that there's another side to him a lot of us think that uh, he's smiling because he thinks he's next if this guy screws up uh (laughs) yeah uh, so i i can't really tell if the smile is uh one of fake confidence in trump or one in confidence that the job will someday be his well i feel like he's being coerced to some degree I mean, oh, I just I, I can't possibly. help but think that about a lot of these guys, a lot of the Republicans right now, especially Republican leadership. I, um, I, I mean, the, the the degree to which they are pledging their fealty to Donald Trump, I've never seen anything quite like this. Yeah, even among the Republicans, which you know, the Republican. I mean, what's the eleventh commandment? Thou shalt not speak ill of other Republicans. And they and, are marching. They are marching to extinction. Yeah. They do they not see this? I mean. It's fine by a lot of us, but do they not see that they are marching to their ex- extinction? They do so at the peril of this democracy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they they continue to march. You know, you, you had uh, these brave Republicans, Lindsey Graham and, and Jeff Flake, and uh, coming out and, and defying Donald Trump uh, uh, when they when it appeared that Trump was going to uh, fire Robert Mueller oh, oh, this past weekend. Uh, you, we heard nothing, nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. From uh, the House Speaker or the Senate Majority Leader, yeah. uh, Mitch McConnell and uh, Paul Ryan were silent uh, and and have not joined the chorus warning 
Trump not to fire Mueller. Well, they, they've been down this road before, and that's why it's so confounding, Buzz, is that they've been down this road with the Tea Party, where they created this monster in the Tea Party, and the Tea Party rose up against them and ousted people like Eric Cantor and John Boehner, and mm-hmm. uh, will continue to oust any re- establishment Republicans in their way. Now, as the Freedom Caucus, now they're doing this again with the Trumpers, thinking that this decibel level released by the, the Trumpers at the Trump rallies uh, translates somehow to electoral success, not knowing that it is time. Toxic. It is poisonous for them to continue to latch their wagons to this uh, this big hunk of shit. Uh, at and, and yet they do. Yeah. I knew that they would stay on the bucking bronco as long as they could to pursue their agenda, the one they have ached for lo these many years. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's I. It's they're starting to surprise me at how long they're staying on. So uh, back to Facebook real quick. You know, it's just an interesting sure. personal anecdote. I was uh, I was with my family on Saturday. My uh, my niece actually went through her Catholic uh, confirmation on uh, Saturday. So I went up for that and I was talking to her about social media. And I said, you, you and your friends, do you guys still use uh, Facebook and Twitter? And she looked at me and shook her head like I was crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Facebook and Twitter? No, right. no, we don't use Facebook and Twitter. Are you crazy? They use things like the kids use uh, Snapchat and Instagram. And there's one uh, new one that involves video and music. I'm not sure exactly how that one works. But new generations of users are not using these mega platforms. So there's already something baked into the potential failure of the, the big two, Facebook and Twitter. Now right. Facebook is getting hammered on this thing. As we saw, the yes. stock price just collapse yesterday. Yeah. I mean, tens of billions of dollars of value lost lost in Facebook and in one day yesterday and it dragged the rest of the stock market down with it. Uh, and now we've got a brand new story out of the guardian, uh, today, Facebook whistleblower says the data harvesting that went on with Cambridge Analytica is routine. This is something that happens all the time that your data. And, and you know what? I've been screaming about this since 2013, right? That, right. you know, it's one thing for the NSA to grab up your metadata and have it at, uh, at the ready to uh, dig into as soon as they get a warrant. It's another thing entirely like we're, we're going around all over the Internet and there are websites gathering our information and exploiting it, whether we know sure. it or not down. To, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Down to the finest point details like your birth date and your place of birth, things that are identifiable and- as being uniquely you. Right. And your and your sexuality, yeah. uh, you you know, uh, whether or not you had childhood trauma, it's it's unbelievable the things they are able to determine and and detect and track. Uh, I yeah, I've known for some time. In fact, I, I was saying a few years ago, in fact, the privacy, the concept of privacy no longer exists. No, it, we I, I think despite our constitutional right to it, uh, technology has evolved as it has with guns. And uh, that that doesn't necessarily apply anymore. Yeah. That, that uh, you know, at, certainly we need at whatever protections we can get. But uh, it's out there. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the data is out there. Most of us have voluntarily put it out there. Yeah. Uh, m- many of us have done so knowing that our data would be harvested in some form or fashion. Initially, we saw it as an anonymous, harmless marketing tool. Data Analytica and perhaps others, I hope not, have taken it to a new level where they're putting together your sexuality, uh, your childhood traumas, uh, any other any other factors they can assign to you to paint a picture of personality or psychological profile of you uh, that is 
shockingly detailed and accurate. It, and that yep. was that's again not what we signed up for. No, uh, and and lines have to be drawn. Uh, I, I remember excited. There, there's no creature less threatening than a podcaster. <laughs> and I remember, well I remember, put. always, always remember that. <laughs> And I remember in the early days when we were all sort of getting into this after being let go by commercial broadcast outlets, uh, a sort of excitement about this is the Wild West and we are the new pioneers. Uh, To the largest extent, we can make our own rules. And uh, most of us didn't have the darkness in our hearts to achieve what uh, apparently Cambridge Analytica has achieved. Uh, And so... It's maybe time to tame the Wild West yeah. uh, to to at least a degree. We don't ever want to infringe on free speech, certainly, but the data mining to create psychological profiles of this detail uh, cannot be allowed to continue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always been suspicious of Facebook to a certain extent uh, because I've always felt like Facebook is sort of Mark Zuckerberg's private ant farm. Like he can kind of, he looks mm-hmm. down in, into us and sees all, everything that we're doing and he throws little psycho bombs into the mix to see how we'll yeah. scatter and react to it where he's yeah. always playing with the algorithm and playing with the format and doing things that I think I, my hunch is, and and knowing the little bit that I know about Mark Zuckerberg seems perfectly in keeping with his personality, that he's using all of this to sort of to, to toy with us. Like we're all on strings and we're dancing on strings. Like we're all his puppets. We're all his yeah. his playthings. And he and it, and again, it's like a global ant farm where he's just up to no good. And it just seems to me as if everything that we've been reading about over the past couple of days confirms all of that. And, and you know what? Well, I would, I would drop Facebook in a, in a second I know. Me too. if it wasn't for, and, and here's the problem as a publisher, as an independent publisher, as a mm-hmm. podcaster, going back to what you were saying about uh, mm-hmm. marketing and using Facebook as a platform to get, to get the right. word out about certain things. Right. F- Facebook is so effective as, because, because none of the other social media platforms generate links the way facebook generate link if i post right. something on facebook and if i post the same thing on twitter all of the incoming links to say bobseska.com or my page mm-hmm. on itunes or whatever all of those links will come from Facebook and very few right. will come from Twitter or Instagram or wherever the hell else there is. And so in that regard, we're kind of slaves to it. We need it in order to communicate mm-hmm. with our audiences. And if it wasn't for that, I'd be like, bye-bye, bye-bye, Facebook. I'm well, tired of being a plaything for Mark Zuckerberg. And I think there's a, a place for that. I, I do think that Facebook has set the tone. Speaking of tones. Oh, no, that's I, an emergency. I, that sounds like I, an emergency. I, I do think that, that Facebook... <laughs> has started all of this that it was zuckerberg yeah. who uh, turned us into lab rats and right. uh, began to and again yeah. i didn't mind that when i thought it was anonymous uh interesting we have a tornado warning here okay. uh, i i didn't mind that when i thought it was an anonymous uh gathering of marketing data but uh, now i see that this stuff they were collecting uh, profiles on individuals here yeah. and then targeting political advertising to those individuals. 
Uh, that's a frightening prospect, to say the least. Yeah, and now they've lost this guy, Alex Stamos, uh, who's the yeah. chief information security officer at Facebook. He's leaving the company amid uh, heightened tensions and disagreements among top Facebook executives over their response to Russian interference yeah. in the 2016 election and potential interference in the 2018 midterms, which is getting underway right now. I can verify that just by scrolling through my Twitter mentions. There are so many trolls out there right now, and they're not only coming in as Trump supporters, but they're coming in as contrarian leftists, too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's what makes it extra sinister. But we'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, Stamos has been overseeing Facebook's security team of 120, only 120 people. Are on the, maybe uh, that's part of the problem. They've got a vast database of user information. Oh, uh, just, keep reading. It, I believe they've trimmed it since that number. I believe he's down to just, what, like six now or fewer? Uh, it was it, it was 120 uh, they, oh, and, it's and down, yeah it's, it's down to three people it says three, right here the people. next line was three, three people, people. See, I, I was being generous and oh saying six God. i i seemed i seemed to recall that part of the article uh but yeah it's yeah uh, it's just uh you know like i said it's just it's overwhelming and and it's heartbreaking and it's just too big it's it, it this is one of those days where i just uh, personally i can't i feel i cannot take it all in it's yeah just it's oh, it's too incredibly overwhelming what we what we're you know now that we can see what appears to be most of the rest of the iceberg right and you absolutely need to have your true detective uh, storage your Matthew McConaughey storage space of of whiteboards and and yarn and pins connecting dots in order to follow along not just with the Cambridge Analytica story but also with this story uh, involving uh, uh, this guy Nader George Nader and uh, and Trump's new legal team. Right. Uh, or his new uh, legal representation, because obviously the three stooges of, of Dowd, Suckalow, and uh, and Ty Cobb are out of favor with Trump now that he's got his training wheels off. And so now right. Trump's bringing in uh, DeGeneva, and he was talking about, who's that other guy, uh, uh, Charles Harder, is going to help out with uh, the uh, uh, Stormy I I Daniels think, thing? I think Harder is, well, I'm not sure about that. I thought he was out. Uh, there's oh. another guy in today. Let me see if oh, I can no, pull up his name. Flood. I thought I, Flood I, was out. The yeah, well, no, Clinton Fl- guy. Flood is out, but he also just landed. But up, but up, but up. Where's this guy? Theodore Olson. Oh. Theodore Olson is a very high profile conservative lawyer. He uh, was, I believe, solicitor general under George W. Bush. Uh, but he is uh, another conspiracy guy. Yeah. Uh, li- like uh, like Trump's other new lawyer, DeGeneva. Uh, he he believes that this whole thing is a, a, a product of the deep state, is a conspiracy <laughs> against Trump. He's just, you know, what Trump is just uh, poaching everybody at Fox News Channel because as yes, we, as we heard last at the end of last week, that he's uh, now going to appoint this guy Pete Hegseth to be uh, Secretary of uh, Veterans Affairs, which is interesting because Pete Hegseth comes to us from Fox and Friends, and right. not not the main Fox and Friends. Pete Hegseth comes from the weekend Fox and Friends. He, the big, Pete Hegseth is the second-tier Steve Ducey. He's the substitute Ducey. And that's the guy who Trump has tapped to run a cabinet-level department. Someone with, while he was an Iraq war veteran, he's got no administration experience whatsoever. No management experience whatsoever. No government experience whatsoever. This guy is the understudy to, like, Brian Kilmeade, the dumbest uh-huh. man on cable news, and this guy isn't even 
first string like the double the, the dumbest man on cable news so that's where donald god damn it donald trump is the dumbest crook in the history of dumb crooks Absolutely. and is and, and is respected as these new attorneys are i guess in their own ways in their own circles uh nobody really thinks that these guys are going to beat robert Mueller in court no. the reason trump has hired these guys is to help him attack the credibility of the Mueller investigation. Yep, uh, and that's what these guys specialize in. Uh, you know, the the Geneva, for example. Um, he, what he does best is talk on TV. Yeah, and that's, Fox and, News, and that and that's what Trump is looking for right mm-hmm. now. He's not there because he's the best lawyer or the best lawyer for the job. He's there because he talks on TV and says the things Trump wants to hear. Yep. And so these guys are uh, more tools for, uh, <laughs> I guess I mean that in a couple of ways, just what we need, more tools. Uh, these guys these guys are more tools for Trump to uh, try to discredit the Russia investigation. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know what? Uh, we're only going to do one break today, so we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back, and, oh, God, one of my predictions has come true. <laughs> Oh, I, I wish it hear. hadn't, but it is. There, there's one thing that I'd like to backtrack for just a second because there's something I, I had hoped to, to mention earlier okay. when we were talking about the Bernie Sanders and Michael Moore. Okay. Uh, the report that you cited about them was from The Hill, the publication The Hill. Yes. And uh, I, I, I'm concerned about these troublemakers over at The Hill because they, <laughs> I also saw from them uh, an article today that uh had and now i suppose i've lost my thought perhaps i'll have that when we get back to the break as well. <laughs> okay well we'll take it's a short- the medicine <laughs> we'll take a short break back with more show right after this ouch my ass hurts what i said my ass hurts huh oh geez someone thought i was a chocolate bunny and took a huge bite out of my ass and it hurts I, I can barely hear you. Someone took a bite out of my ears. Man, I know we look like chocolate. We smell like chocolate. But people can't eat us. We're soap. Want to fill your Easter basket with fabulous treats that aren't loaded with sugar? Check out all the Easter soap goodies from Bubble Genius, like our Here Comes Peter Chocolate Tail Soap, also available in pre-chumped My Ass Hurts gift baskets. What did she just say? Vegan and bunny-friendly bath and body from BubbleGenius.com The Bob Seska Show! The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com Yep, welcome back to our... Tuesday show. Yeah, we got the day right. At least there's that. I'm getting the day right, so that's important. <laughs> By the way, don't forget to go shopping through our Amazon link. It's at bobseska.com, just beneath the logo, the all-caps Amazon link, and uh, it takes you right to the front page of amazon.com. You go shopping as per usual. And then... Uh, we get a small commission from some of the things you buy, and uh, thank thank you for doing that. Okay, go shopping. And, and for please. those for for those who heard uh, the the commercial uh, in the the free version of today's show, uh, there was reference to bunnies, and that reminded me of uh, something else I wanted to. Mention, oh, good. Which is, I believe, I ordered the last available copy from the first printing of the book 
by John Oliver's show staff about uh, Vice President Mike Pence's bunny. Oh, yeah. Uh, his, his gay bunny. Uh, Marlon Bundo. Marlon uh, I, Bundo. I, I, I think I, I may have gotten the last copy of that. I'm sure they'll be printing yeah. more. And I also remembered uh, what I was going to, the point I wanted to make about the Hill because oh, I great. think it's, I think we need to keep an eye on those those folks. Yeah. Uh, because they also had published an article I saw today asking why was it okay, why was it such a great thing that Obama was effective at using Facebook, but it's not okay that Trump used Facebook. Oh. And uh, the, to see that equivocated that way uh, makes me now very suspicious uh, about the folks over at the Hill. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Where yeah. uh, Barack Obama used Facebook on the level, of course, and you know, just right. basically using voter data that is readily accessible by almost anybody. Right. And then using that data to present ads, you know, buy political ads he, on Facebook, being an he, American politician in an he, American election. He didn't hire a British company that right. uh, made available Ukrainian sex work. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's that's the other really twisted side of this entire Cambridge Analytica story is all of these uh, ba- basically Cambridge Analytica using Compromat to uh, to swindle politicians to get politicians by offering them campaign donations in exchange right. for land and then videotaping that and then dumping that onto YouTube to uh, to coerce politicians into doing what they need them to do. Uh, this is something. This is a common practice. This is the the thing that uh, they were caught admitting to over uh, over two hundred countries. They claim to have two, done this. God damn it, two hundred countries. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Christ, this is going to get so much hairier. And and my concern yeah. is that it's going to get so complicated. I mean, we've been following this uh, up close with our faces pressed to our computer screens for the better part of a year now. Uh, well, in, in some cases, a year and a half, almost two years. And uh, But I can't imagine someone joining this now, joining this story now, having not followed it at all, any of the Russia or election intrigue, uh, and then trying to catch up and, and get ensconced in it. It's yeah, got to be overwhelming. They're going to need, they're gonna need- to do some binge watching yeah. but i have to tell you i mean i i this has hit me so hard uh, last night i i remember upon learning more and more about uh, cambridge analytica and its work yeah uh, sort of throwing up my hands at one point saying i'm not sure i can do this anymore now i'm wow. going to i'm going to yeah but that's how overwhelming and uh, important and depressing this has all become at once important yeah. i'm staying for the important uh at least for as long as I can hang on, yeah. Uh, but but it really it's getting harder. I there's no way, and uh, this is good for the bad guys. There's no way the average person can follow all of this. No, absolutely not. And that's what makes the job that Rachel Maddow is doing so colossally important. And I'm not I'm not getting any money. The Rachel Maddow show is not paying me to. She's plug doing very well like on her own. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. people are seeing it. I mean, she's. Uh, uh, not only the top uh, cable news show at that hour, but uh, frequently one of the top shows on television. Oh, yeah, hour. yeah. Well, I think she's routinely in the top 20 among all television shows on cable. Uh, but but the thing is, is that her work is so colossally important. I can't underscore this enough. And people who think that she's just some left-wing fire eater, is they're, they're wrong about that. She is one of the most fair news anchors uh, around as far as uh, cable news goes especially and she is putting all of this stuff together because we're seeing all these stories come by as they go one after another and, and it's hard to take them all take all those puzzle pieces and to assemble the pieces into a puzzle that we don't even know what the ultimate outcome of the puzzle will right. look like you know and so it's very difficult for those of us who are 
keeping track of this day by day and, and in some cases minute by minute to uh, to assemble that puzzle. And Rachel is doing that for us in a sense. And especially for people who don't do this for a living like you and I do, Buzz, uh, that, that is especially important to get that assembly, to get that Jenga tower assembled in a way that uh, it looks like something, you know, you can see the bigger picture. The, the way she's doing it is very important too. Uh, for example, not to, you know, fawn too much, but in last night's show uh, she made uh, the very important comparison between uh, Nixon's offer of a Stennis compromise uh, back (laughs) in the Watergate days to uh, the latest uh, offer from Trump's lawyers Trump's lawyers are now going to turn over to Robert Mueller a document that they have created themselves uh, as written summaries of the memos and other things that went on in the White House that Mueller wants to know about. In other words, in letting instead of letting uh, Mueller see the evidence for himself, uh, we'll write up what uh, we think uh, you'd want to know about and give it to you. Well, there's no way Mueller or any other prosecutor would go for such a thing. Yeah. And it's as ridiculous as Nixon's compromise of you can verify my White House's version of what was on the Oval Office tapes, uh, because we're going to have an old hard of hearing guy listen to them and uh, <laughs> verify that what we've written down was true. Yeah, and and it's there. You know, one proposal is almost as silly as the other, and uh, neither the the that one didn't fly. And it's important that people know in an historical context that this one's not going to fly either. <laughs> right, and you know, it's really obvious to know what Trump is doing right now with regard to Mueller. What he's trying to do is because he realizes, I think, that he can't fire Robert Mueller even with his his training wheels off. He thinks now know. that what he well, what he can do now, at least in the near term, and I still think he's eventually going to fire Mueller, but what I think he's doing now is he's softening the ground a little bit. He's making oh, yeah. a, a, oh, a yeah. he's he's basically discrediting Robert Mueller in the eyes right. of at least his audience. Which, Shipping away. Yeah, yeah. Away. If he keeps going like this, then whatever Mueller comes out with will only be accepted by a certain percentage of the population and, and discredited by everyone else, and that's the he's, goal here. He's trying to assassinate Robert Mueller by using the media, using Twitter. He's chipping away at the Russia investigation in much the same manner that he chipped away at the... Uh, at the Dude, if you have to go grab your go in, bag in, and in, run out the in, door... In, in the, I'm just going to c- crawl into this big desk here, I think, if, if necessary. I, and I'm so congested, uh, I just refer to you as dude. I just said, dude, <laughs> get your go bag. That's all right. You're, you're, we're, we're, among, we're among dudes here. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's uh, overwhelming, and, and I yeah. apologize again for. The oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's 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 actually exciting. Like, oh God, what's what's going what's going on in Florida now? Holy God! Oh, uh, we've been downgraded. It's no longer a tornado warning, so I shouldn't have oh. to get under the desk. But, well, that's uh, a relief. We're still uh, having storms. So you know, I've been saying for a God since we started seeing this happen in congressional hearings, where various mm-hmm. uh, Trump administration officials have refused to answer questions by uh, members. Members of Congress. They're just saying they're not even exerting executive privilege. What they're saying is, ah, you know what? No, not going to not going to answer that. And, <laughs> and one of the reasons why that I've, I've been assuming they've been doing this is because they all sign NDAs. They all sign non-disclosure agreements with Trump upon entering the administration. This is what and it's no surprise that this is actually what's happened. Trump has demanded NDAs from his White House staff. No right. surprise, because this is the way Trump has always operated. And one of my most right. frustrating things in observing all of this Trump news is a considerable portion of the population, most of the people who watch Fox News Channel and who voted for Donald Trump, uh, they, they're they just, they're like Johnny-come-lately 
the Johnny Come Lately Trump fans. And what they've done is uh, jumped on board the Trump train from the campaign forward, not even not even knowing that Trump has got a 30-year history of all of this kind of crap uh, that he's dragging behind him that's easily accessible by using things like, you know, Google and typing in (laughs) Donald Trump and seeing all of the thousands of horrible things that Donald Trump has done over the last 30 years. So none of this should come as a surprise. The fact that he's got NDAs with his White House staff should not come as a surprise to anybody because this is how Trump has always, always, always operated. Fortunately, I don't think uh, that the White House staff is going to have to worry about that too much. I I know that they do. He has intimidated the White House staff with these NDAs, but uh, I think a number of them know. Certainly, White House counsel Don McGahn, whose job it was alongside Reince Priebus to go about the White House uh, urging uh, staffers to sign their non-disclosure agreements and turn them in, uh, you know, McGahn knew that this thing is not enforceable. Yeah. He may have even, <clears throat> excuse me, he may have even told some of the people uh, to whom he handed these agreements that it's probably not enforceable, so go ahead and sign it. And there's good news on that front, Bob. I'm glad you brought it up because there's been more breaking news Uh-oh. within the last few minutes uh, regarding uh, NDAs involving Donald Trump. Uh, the New York Times uh, a few minutes ago was the first to report. Bless Sneeze. you. Thank you. This is quite a quite a day. <laughs> you've, you've chosen a good day. And by the way, the Bob Seska Show is your home for breaking weather updates. Um, but uh, the New York Times, the New York Times has broken the story okay. that a former Playboy model, another woman who claims to have had an affair with Donald Trump, is suing to be freed from her 2016 deal to remain silent. Oh, so God. prior to the election, uh, another woman uh, apparently signed such an agreement. CNN has uh, added to that or, or uh, jumped on the bandwagon reporting uh, the ex-Playboy model claims she had a nine-month affair with uh, Trump and uh, she is suing a publisher to allow her story to be told. And no doubt that is the publisher of the National Enquirer, which has... Uh, a yet-to-be-explained connection of support for Donald Trump. Yeah, you know what? There's, on top of trying to follow Uh all of this crap as it descends on on our heads like shit from the sky, we have the extra added knowledge of knowing that sometime probably before Labor Day, we are all going to catch a glimpse of Donald Trump's cock. And you know what? That that makes me want to throw throw up i don't want look i mean if of all the things that we need to see in this era of utter nonstop madness the last thing that i think we need to see are photographs of donald trump's dick if the if the gods and and stormy daniels have any mercy uh we will only see enough compromising photos to see compromise uh and not enough to see you know that well you know you know what my thing is on this buzz my prediction is that uh that on one hand donald trump could deny that it's actually his dick on the other hand if it looks like a normal dick he's gonna totally wrap his arms right that's totally my penis that is absolutely my penis well that is a good the the greatest looking penis the the comb over is gonna be the giveaway (laughs) 
Jesus Christ! Enough. It's gonna look like a, it's gonna look like a white and orange. Uh, just please, just stop. Cotton candy. It's gonna look like white cotton candy. All uh, right. We don't. We don't want to know. You're right. We don't want to know. Yeah. No. We don't. Okay. So a couple of Mueller things. First of all, Mike Allen uh, from Axios said that uh, Mueller is focused more on what happened after the election than he's focused on before. So that doesn't mean that he's not focused on what happened before the election. He's just focused more on. Things like obstruction of justice and conflicts of interest and th- uh, shady meetings between Kushner and Russians and Trump mm. and Russian and, and, and Sessions and Russians and Mike Flynn and Russians and all of that crap. So that's what uh, 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 Mueller appears to be looking into. Meanwhile, Hannity was on Fox and Friends and he said that Trump won't fire Mueller. He's got it under good authority that uh, Trump is not going <laughs> to fire Mueller. Well, he but, would he would know. Yeah, yeah. And, and Hannity never lies about shit, does he? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, and no, I'm just saying he uh, has Trump's ear and vice versa. So yeah. uh, that to hear Hannity say that is uh, almost reassuring, although in the end Trump's going to do what Trump's going to do. Yeah. So we'll see uh we'll see what happens there, but I do I do think that uh at some point maybe this year, maybe in the next 6 months that Donald Trump is going to make a move against Robert Mueller. If it's not to fire Mueller directly, he'll fire Rod Rosenstein and Rod Rosenstein mm-hmm. will go ahead and and fire or, or whoever replaces Rod Rosenstein will fire Mueller. It's not like Trump. Trump right. is saying, I'm not going to fire Mueller, which indicates that he personally isn't going to say, you fire. Right. He's going to he get someone personally, else to do it. Yeah, he personally doesn't fire anyone. He always has someone else do it. He always has someone else do it, and it, that's going to be the case here. So I think I think the hint is that, uh, that he's not personally going to do it. He's playing semantics here with the uh, possible firing of Robert Mueller. But I mean... All, all I know is I'm going to need more medication. Yeah, no shit. Me too. If you have any extra, send it my way. <laughs> FedEx it right on up to me. All right, we've got lots more to talk about on the uh, post-mortem show coming up on our Patreon page. If you want to sign up, go to bobsuska.com. Click the all-caps Patreon link. It takes you right to our Patreon page where you get all kinds of bonus materials around the show, including our post-mortem show, which what happens is after this music is done playing, Buzz and I just keep on talking. And so uh, if you sign up at $15 a month at Patreon, you get uh, the post-mortem shows, which are connected right up. You can just listen to one one big block, the free show without any commercials leading right into the post-mortem show. You don't have to switch files or anything like that. You can listen to all one big piece. If you sign up at $10 a month, you get the post-mortem show and the after party on Fridays. And as I said, $15 a month gets you all of that stuff plus a commercial-free version of this show. Uh, some plugs here, wrapping up. Uh, Buzz Burbank is found at buzzburbank.com. It's Buzz Burbank News and Comment, the best hour of news that you're going to hear all week. Also Thursday. found at, uh, yeah, on Thursday. Uh, also found at realmnetwork.com and you can follow Buzz at, at Michael J. Elston on Twitter. Thank you. David Ferguson's at uh, facebook.com slash band. Congratulations to David Ferguson because he met his uh, GoFundMe goals for paying yeah. off some of his heart attack uh, medical bills. So thank you Excellent. to Jason Blake for that. That's great. And uh, let's see what else. Uh, Jackie Schechter is at investigaterussia.org. Kimberly Johnson's at patreon.com slash startmeup. Jen Kirkman's tour days can be found at jenkirkman.com. And don't forget, Jen Kirkman will be on the after party on Friday with uh, me and Kimberly. So we're looking forward to that. We're 
These two uh, women are just going to take over the show for like an hour and a half. I'm just going to shut my yapper and let them go. You can catch a nap, perhaps, and heal from your cold. <laughs> yeah. Also, you can listen to this show at uh, littlegreenfootballs.com. Uh, thanks to Charles Johnson for that. All right, post-mortem shows coming up next. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Excuse me, I'm talking.